I was on a school bus, windows down, packed with students who were heading to the state capitol to rally in support of Louisiana Senate Bill 324, the bill to raise the age for when a person is considered an adult in the eyes of the criminal justice system. Currently, that age is 17, but Deontay Martin, who's 16, hopes to change that. Deontay calls herself a political brainiac. <laughs> when it's so much at stake, that's what makes me exciting. This is my passion. I plan on running for president. <laughs> 2046. Yes. <laughs> Deontay first learned about what it's like for juveniles in the adult criminal justice system when her brother landed there for a week a few years ago. He was riding in a stolen car he didn't know was stolen. But it was in her civics class this year where Deontay read about how juveniles in adult prisons receive little to no education, are more likely to be sexually assaulted, and have a higher rate of recidivism. I was like, what in the world? No, this is not okay. It blew my mind. I call this my political mode. I got like serious. Me, I'm very goofy. I love to play. It was like serious. In the room, you can hear a pin drop. That's how the passion was. This is Unprisoned. I'm Eve Abrams. At all levels of government right now, laws about juveniles are rapidly changing. Last fall, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Montgomery versus Louisiana that sentences of life without parole should be rare for juveniles. Henry Montgomery was 17 when he shot and killed a sheriff's deputy. He was given a sentence of life without parole and has been serving at Angola ever since. It's been 50 years. Based on research showing that the human brain isn't fully developed at the teenage stage, specifically regarding judgment and impulse control, the Supreme Court, in this case and similar cases, decided that people convicted as juveniles should have a meaningful chance at release. As a result of this and other federal rulings, some states have stopped prosecuting juveniles for life without parole sentences. But Louisiana continues to impose these sentences, but with a new process. Louisiana is one of just nine states that regards 17-year-olds as adults when it comes to the criminal justice system. Senate Bill 324, the bill Deontay traveled to Baton Rouge to rally for, is pretty clear-cut. If it passes, young people arrested at age 17 will no longer be treated as adults. Instead, they'll go through the juvenile court. But the law still allows juveniles who commit serious crimes to be transferred to the adult system, just as it does now. So there is the law, and there's the interpretation of the law. District attorneys across the state use this exception to widely varying degrees, which brings us to what's happening in the New Orleans City Council. You know this council wants all juveniles out of OPP. You know, that is just our policy across the board. That's City Council President Jason Williams at a budget hearing last November, pressing DA Leon Canizero to stop transferring juveniles to the adult criminal justice system which often means they'll be held in the city's jail, most commonly called Orleans Parish Prison, or OPP. We think that is the most humane, evolved, righteous thing we can do in terms of children. I hear you. Um, I understand. Canizero transfers many 15- and 16-year-olds to adult court, especially for armed robbery, where he transfers nearly 90% of young defendants, a rate some say is one of the highest in the nation. The city council believes, like the Supreme Court does, that those transfers should be rare. So do we have your commitment that we won't see any other transfers of juveniles for burglaries? 
look, you, I hate to make commitments like that. I can't do that. I just, I can't do that because then I'm not being true to my oath. My oath is if I look at the case and Council I Council President Williams repeatedly asked the DA to commit to specific situations in which he would keep juveniles in the juvenile justice system. Each time, DA Canizero refused to commit. Sometimes, sometimes it, it gets a little bit more business-like. It gets a little bit more serious in the adult court than it does in the juvenile system. And I'm not trying to be disparaging to anyone. It gets a lot more adult-like in that jail, too. And, and that's and, the problem. What the studies show is that with regard to juveniles... This is council member Susan Guidry. She heads the council's criminal justice committee. That they fare much better in terms of rehabilitation, in terms of recidivism, when they are kept in the juvenile system, staffed with people trained to deal with juveniles. But according to DA Canizero, the law is the law. I'd be remiss if I have what I consider to be a prosecutable case and simply said I'm not going to prosecute it because I just, I don't agree with the law. That's really not, that's not my call. And if it, if it is the law, I think I have a responsibility to prosecute it if the facts support that. So in order to change what happens to juveniles in the criminal justice system across Louisiana, you have to change the law. This is your capital. The first time Deontay went to Baton Rouge to rally in support of including 17-year-old offenders in the juvenile justice system, she had a letter prepared. Hi, I'm Deontay Martin from Point College Prep. I am 10th grade vice president. We support Senate Bill 324, Raise the Age, because we believe that students of today are... But that day, she never got to meet with any legislators. A month later, Deontay went back to the Capitol with two other students to speak to the Senate Judiciary Committee. This time it was more like, I know I'm going in, and I knew that I had some serious business to get done. So I was like, you gotta do it. <laughs> she was a little nervous waiting out in the hallway, because this, after all, is where laws are made. Then they went into the committee room. It was like a long table going around the room, and each Senate sat in a specific place with their names on it, and then in the back they had all the chairs and all the people, and then the table where you spoke at was in front of the first row. I sat in like the second row in the third seat. We were pretty close. So they had maybe five people that spoke before us. One was a DA person, and the DA, he was like straight up, nah, this not working, this ain't gonna happen. You know, and now we were all like, well, there's one disagreement, and we went right after them. One of the other students spoke first about his 17-year-old friend, who Deontay also knows. Deontay says after he went to the adult jail, he lost his pride. He wasn't the same after he had been to jail. And then I went. I was always raised that eye contact was important. So I was trying to read the notes off my phone because I had written out as to what I wanted to say because I knew I wasn't going to remember everything. So I was reading and I look up, read a little bit and get it in my mind. Then I look up and I was talking about my brother and his experience and I told them how he received zero educational hours. He missed the whole week of school. Imagine missing a whole week of school, that's a lot. And then something happened that took Deontay's breath away. So after we went, the DA went back. Deontay was talking about Pete Adams, the lobbyist for the District Attorneys Association. He went back up there and all of a sudden he's like, I withdraw my opposition. Oh my goodness. I didn't understand the, the powerfulness of it till after we left. After that, it was like, stamp, it's passed. The bill passed the Senate committee, 
And since then, it's also passed the full Senate. Now it's making its way through the House. If it passes there, Governor Edwards will sign the bill, something he's made clear he will enthusiastically do. Deontay goes online every week or so to check on the bill's progress. It's a long process, but she is thrilled to have been a part of it. She plans to put it on her resume. If I could change one mind just by today, one mind, imagine what we could do in a few days or talking to more people who disagree. Imagine that. I aspire to be a politician because I, one, want to help people on a larger scale, you know. It's, you can, of course, you can go out and feed the homeless or something, but passing a good law changes the system. Imprisoned is brought to you by WWNO and Finding America, a national initiative produced by AIR with financial support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Imprisoned's theme music is by Greg Schatz. Our editors are Vicki Merrick and Katie Rechtal. Learn more about Unprisoned at www.no.org and facebook.com unprisoned. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and leave us a review there. It helps. This is Unprisoned. I'm Eve Abrams.